Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your weekend preview looking ahead to the racing over the weekend at Haydock and at the Curra, where it is, of course, the Irish Guineas weekend. I'm your host, George Ellick. I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding as we whistle through uh, five or six of those best races over the weekend and get Andy's thoughts uh, on the others uh, over the course of Saturday and Sunday too. Uh, Andy, how are you getting on? Yeah, OK. Patchy in May so far. I'd have to have to confess to that really good april very strong april probably one of the best aprils for a long time but uh, may's been a bit of a up and down month started off okay and then just kind of like treading water really in the last few days and had a nice winner the other day nice 11 actually went out to 11 to 1 from my advice of 5 to 1 in the morning which is a, a little bit of a rarity but um hopefully one or two are on bedside's guarantee but yeah it's been it's been a struggle um no real obvious reason why but um i think we, we're now beginning to get to the period in, in the in the summer where the the ground's finally drying out. We're not getting into that tacky, horrible ground that we've been having after the rain uh, came and then obviously dried up. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why a few of the results were a little bit dodgy. But uh, no excuses from here on in, George. Good. Glad yeah. to hear it. I saw um, a very amusing Twitter account, uh, Icy, that I think most people will know of uh, who are on social media who watch this, um, did a poll a couple of days ago saying there are five days left in May. What answer best reflects your chances of showing a profit on racing for the month? There were yeah. over a thousand votes and 59% voted 0% what's a winner. So Andy, if you're yeah. treading water, I think that means you're, you're ahead of the field. Strokes gained on the rest of the field over the course of May. Now that's, that seems to be the theme. Um, I mean, I mean, similar to, you, to that uh, chat room, I mean, one myself with one or two pro punters and they've all had the same kind of difficulties as well. So um, if anyone is doing well in May, I'm sure there's going to be a few out there that <laughs> managed to find a few. Um, and they're good luck to them. But yeah, it has been a quite taxing month. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, probably if you're, if you're backing losers in May, you, may, you might be backing the right horses by the sounds of things. Um, let's get into the weekend's racing. We'll kick off uh, at Haydock. We, we wanted to preview more of the racing at the car over Saturday and Sunday, but um, no prices as of yet. Bookies over here, always a bit slower to price up the Antipost stuff. Um, so we're recording this on Wednesday early afternoon. So this is before final decks, meaning that if you do back a horse that we put up um, before final decks on either Thursday afternoon uh, for the most part or Friday afternoon, then um, that will be a loser rather than money back for for, for being a non-runner. <coughs> uh, but we'll kick off with the Silver Bowl, um, where Covey is the five to one favourite head of local dynasty at six to one, Age of Kings eight to one, alongside Gincident, uh, 10 to one, Ben Acre and Royal Cape. Uh, and defence for sorry, defence of four, who is um, a sea of blue, as short as eleven to two, but ten to one still with Coral and Abrooks, uh, twelve to one, self-acclaimed Saxon King and Abu Royal, fourteen to one bar those, Andy. Yeah, um, no doubt that um, many will be looking towards uh, Covey here from the from the John and Lady Gosden stable. Sexy horse, won his last two, looked really impressive. He's done a couple of half decent numbers. Um, more he's back in sectionals rather than his overall times. It suggests he's got a really good engine. Just don't know where we sit with him at the moment. He could literally be a group two, group one, or who knows. But um, only, only the fullness of time will tell. Um, interesting, there's money for defensive forward. He was a horse I'd put up at the Guineas meeting. Um, I think he was my, one of my penultimate tips on, on that particular Saturday. But unfortunately, as you remember, the rains came and it meant that the connections were a little bit windy about that and they pulled him out. Uh, there's no forecast of any conditions uh, similar this weekend any rain so he's a he's a decent horse in the making that defensive fort um he won very well first time at, at ascot if you recall and he went to sandown 
uh, in, uh, to tackle listed company. He just pulled way too hard. He gave himself no chance. Um, similar comments apply to his last run. But off a mark of 88, if they're thinking along the lines that he is a group horse in the making, that was very much the theory last year. He could be very well treated. Um, a lot depends, of course, where he's drawn. We don't know that. So any problem with me tipping horses uh, this far out when you've got such a an important bit of information missing. I, I'd imagine there'll be a maximum field here. I think the maximum field is, what, 16 odd or something like that, a hey, Um And if, if I go and tip something that's drawn 16 is 16, then this becomes negligible, really. Um, so I'd definitely have a look at defence of 40 if he gets a low draw. And the other one is James McHenry. Now, he uh, falls into the category of being um, a little bit of an unsung hero. Uh, at this very moment in time. I, th I still think he's a little under the radar, and that's largely due to the fact he's trained by Ed Better, but Ed's quickly um, establishing himself as a real go-to Saturday trainer or a big day trainer. Um, he's not to be underestimated in any way, shape or form. And he got the job done here at this uh, track a couple of weeks ago, if you recall. He did it as well against a track bias because it very much suited horses kicking off the front, as he often does at Haydock. Um, I think it was um, Conservationist which got first run on, on him um, two weeks ago, but he didn't off uh, impress with the way he got his head down and battled. And the fact that he's won around the track as well suggests to me that he could be up very upwardly mobile and one to keep an eye on. He's got a little bit of a round action, which might distemper enthusiasm if it is really rattling, but hopefully they'll, you know, water to suit as they often do at ADOC. So he's one to consider as well. So those would be my two early thoughts. Defensive thought, certainly see what there's money for him. And uh, the course and distance specialist. Um, James McHenry is definitely a horse to keep on the right side of. James McHenry uh, sounds similar to an Oxford player called James Henry. Uh, is fourteen to one. Um, that's with Skybet, Paddy Bauer, uh, Betfair Sportsbook, and a defensive four ten to one. Ladbrokes and Coral. Uh, On to the um, Sandy Lane Stakes now, where Little Big Bear is the five to two favourite again. I see a blue on the odds checker grid to short seven to four in places, but five to two with eight 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 Sport, Coral, Bet UK, and VBet. Um, Bradsell is three to one, Cold Case four to one, Mischief Magic seven to one, Matilda Picotte seven to one, fifteen to two, Aldersim fourteen to one bar. Yeah, he was one of a few that disappointed in the Guineas, understandably so as well for many reasons. A, the ground went against him. This is Little Big Bear we're talking about. Uh, Saki was another one. There was a few other six furlong sprinters that were trying to be um, manufactured into milers, and that often is the case, isn't it, with these big yards trying to. Um, make them something that they're not meant to be almost, I, I always feel um, and that very much turned to be out, turned out to be the case with Little Big Bear, pulled too hard he was running at a pace that wasn't suitable for him he likes to go flat out and he won the Windsor Castle last year on five at Ascot so uh, it, was, it was going to be difficult to get him to train his mind to run over a mile Connections have quickly realised um, that he is a sprinter um, and you'd imagine that the Commonwealth Cup will be firmly at the back of their mind in another month's time. But this is a nice stepping stone towards that. This is almost like a, a Commonwealth Cup trial race in many respects. Uh, it'll have a lot of the horses that we're going to be expecting to turn up at the Royal Meeting, such as uh, Brad Sell, of course, won last year's uh, Coventry. Um, uh, Matilda Picard, I presume that she'll come over. She's a very fast uh, Met filly. Uh, she's already won over this uh, side of the RSC as well at Newmarket last year. And then you chuck in Cold Case um, as well. And you've got a real mouth-watering affair. I do like Cold Case. I think he's a bit of an unsung hero. He's one of these horses that just gets on with it, won the red car, two-year-old trophy. Then he won first time at Ascot, beating Brad Sell. He's just granite tough, travels well, no nonsense. Got a push-button turner for it, and he stays really well. If you can get an each-way price about him on the day, and that's always 
open to conjecture, isn't it, depending on the field size. He would be the way I'd be going here. Um, also, a healthy mentor would go out to Charing if he turned up here. Um, he did just didn't handle the ground in the guineas. Um, he's also in the Irish 2000 as well as we speak, but he is jocked up here with Dave Egan to perhaps run here. And he would look a big price at 16 to 1 if, um, if Connections decided to lower his sights a little bit from going in the guineas because I do think he's a sprinter rather than a, um, a miler. Um, he won over the CMD last year and he's running against um, Isaac Shelby, of course, in the green and suggests that distances around seven or six furlongs are going to be ideal for him this season. So, cold case of Charing in that order uh, would be my way of uh, thinking in the uh, Sandy Lane. Cold case, yeah, four to one with uh, Paddy's Betfair, uh, Bet Victor. Coral, Betfred, Boyles, take your pick, Star Sports and others too. Um, and uh, yeah, 16 to 1 is best price. Charon with Coral. Um, yeah, short as, as 8 to 1 in other places. So make sure you do shop around 7 to 1 uh, with Skybet, Charon is. Um, finally, at Haydock on Saturday, we've got the Temple Stakes here. The Platinum Queen is the 3 to 1 favourite. Again, Paddy Power go 13 to 8. Bet UK go 6 to 4. So massive discrepancy in terms of, of pricing here for the Platinum Queen, three to one. Uh, Dramatised is four to one. Twilight Calls, nine to two. Ro uh, Royal Acclaim is uh, five to one. Uh, Live in a Dream, seven to one. Happy Romance, eight to one. 10 to one, Mitt Bahi, 11 to one, bar those. Yeah, I think a lot depends here, George, which one of these two really speedy three or fillies um, in the shape of the Platinum Queen or Dramatised is uh, on the money first time out. Um, they were both upwardly mobile all the way through their TUI campaign. The Platinum Queen, of course, rounded it off with a victory over in France, didn't she? Handling softest conditions. Interesting that connections of or old connections, uh, new connections, are centred to Roger Varian, uh, obviously having been sold for a, a pretty a pretty penny um, at the sales from from the Midland Park um, setup. Um, and they want an instant return, aren't they, on their on their investment? Um, she's just very very fast. The Platinum Queen. We got her doing it some extraordinary times last season. But to be fair, slightly dramatised. Um, she hardly let the side down. And York was only a slight blip on the um, on her CV. But as we've talked many times on the podcast, York is York, isn't it? It mm -hmm. throws up some funny results and not all horses handle it. But a great run over in Keeneland, of course, on our final run of the season. Fast ground is very much in her favour. And again, at the prices, if you could get something each way about dramatised, you'd like to think that um, you'd, you'd at least get your money back. And of course, we know she goes really well fresh. She won first time out uh, last year as a two-year-old. So... The two classy fillies, three-year-old fillies down the bottom, look as though they've got um, all bases covered here, uh, with my preference being Carl Burke's Dramatised. Dramatised four to one again, pretty much across the board. Uh, a couple of races to tick off over in Ireland, starting with the Irish 2000 Guineas, where Royal Scotsman is the five to two favourite ahead of High Royal at seven to two. Paddington is four to one, best price. Proud and Regal, eleven to two. Galleron, nine to one. Cairo, fourteen to one. Knight, sixteen to one. Charon, we've already mentioned, uh, dropped up at Haydock, but still in here, sixteen to one. Karshamar, uh, Age of Kings, both sixteen to one. Bold Discovery, twenty-five to one. Alexander John, two hundred fifty to one. Andy, um, so yeah, we, as we said at the top, we don't necessarily know who's going to turn up here, but as the market has at the moment, who's your fancy? Well, I think Royal Scotsman has to be given a great deal of respect and credit for his role in the Guineas. Um, it's been well documented how hard he pulled in the early stages. Um, almost pulled his chance away, or theoretically should have done, but the fact that he kept on as well as he did is testament to the horse's mental uh, fortitude and his ability as well. And he had no right to finish third. Um, he should have finished where, sort of like the 
Augustin Rodan's of this world finished. Um, but he did beat his group of, I think it was five, by a long, long way. So you'd be hard-pressed to argue uh, against him being favourite here. Uh, I think sort of, is it top price five to two, is it, in and around that mark? Yeah. Five to two. That looks fair enough. To counter-argue that, obviously you've got to hope that he doesn't do it again. I mean, if he pulled hard in the guineas, what's to say that he doesn't go over there and pull hard again? But once horses start racing keenly and throwing their head around, they tend to sort of, you know, revert to tide more often than not. Um, one of the sort of like failings in my selection process sometimes when I look back and thought, oh, I can't believe I tipped that because it pulled hard last time. I thought he's well in a stronger race, in a better race, it'll settle and it'll be okay. But it doesn't always work out. Um, so with that in mind, I'll probably look for something from an H-way perspective. I respect Paddington. I think there's more to come from him. He's been very uh, much trained under the radar by Aidan O'Brien, but he's going to go from a listed race winning the Tetriarch to Group 1 company. And if Aidan thinks he's a Group 1 horse, and who are we to argue? His times have been okay. They haven't been anything off the scale. It's been the man who's done them. He's done them in the style of a horse that's got loads more to come. And I think the better the race, the better the horse he'll be. I'd imagine that um, Ryan Moore will choose him. The one I'd probably plump for um, at the prices would be Proud and Regal. Donica O'Brien has had a really good start to this season. He's been winning with older horses and two-year-olds as well. Um, just thought, mile and a quarter, um, first time out on heavy ground in, in the Derby trial race, um, probably was a little bit of a bridge too far for him. They probably looked at his form last year and saw he won on heavy ground towards the back end of last season, of course, in some clue, and thought, well, he wants to test the stamina. Uh, well, that might well be the case, but not probably on heavy ground first time out. But dropping back to a mile at a track where, of course, I think he holds probably one of the best pizza form. Second in the national sakes, the Wild Riffer. I mean, that, that, that's, that's pretty much hard to beat, isn't it? And the fact that he has run here at the Cura has got to stand him in good stead. Miles should be absolutely no problem. Um, he should be fine on the ground. The ground will be good. Yeah, he's, he ticks a lot of boxes, Proud and Regal. Um, hard to see him not running well, so he'd be my percentage call. Proud and Regal, 11-2. Skybet, Paddy's, uh, 888, a couple of others there too. Um, for Proud and Regal, uh, an each-way play against the field. And, and in the 1,000 guineas to Hero, who lost very little in defeat behind Morge as they pulled seven lengths clear of the rest of the field in the uh, 1,000 guineas. A new market a couple of weeks ago, heads the market out 4-7. to seven. Meditate, 7-1 seven to one alongside Neverending Story, who's the same price, Jackie O. And Tarawa, uh, both 12 to 1. Eternal Silence, 16 to 1. You send me uh, and Aspen Grove, both 25 to 1. But Andy, can you see past the uh, the hot favourite in the Irish 1000 guineas? Not really. No, George, I'd love to come up with something more original to say um, that what a lot of uh, hunters and bookmakers and judges alike are already thinking that uh, Tahira, along with Maud, are two very, very special fillies. I think it was a better race of the two, arguably, um, over the weekend, over the Guineas weekend. It's- 2000 guineas was a little bit inconclusive with the rain coming and not so many horses turning up. But the two that dominated the, two, the 1000 guineas pulled miles clear of what I thought was a really good field. It's a very competitive renewal of the of the Phillies Classic. And, um, you know, the time figure as well was much better than the 2000 guineas furlong per furlong. So I think we're dealing with two good horses. And you look at the sectional times as well that Tahira um, posted on that occasion. She was by far the quickest, uh, sort of from the three to the two to the one. And it was only that last sort of like, 50 to 100 yards when a petrol gauge flashed on MT. And if you remember rightly, Dermot Well was just saying that he, he thought the guineas might just come a bit too soon for her. He thought she was probably good enough to get away with it, and that's why he rolled the dice. I um, mean, Dermot Well wouldn't waste any bullets unless he thought that um, his horses were going to be good enough to win. And he was almost proved right. 
Um, but I think he'll get his compensation here. She's obviously very good at the Kura. She was devastating when she beat Meditate. Uh, sorry, Media. Media has always got that name mixed up in the Moy Glare. <laughs> um, I know numbers just stack up. Um, so that went under a belt. And if Dermot is saying that she needed three or four more weeks to be right, well, he's, he's got three weeks under under her belt now. And, and with the sun coming on her back, you'd imagine she'd be thriving for this weekend. Um, so, yeah, like I say, a little bit of a little bit of an unoriginal selection, but um, hopefully uh, she'll justify favouritism. Uh, anything else for, for us? As we said, we wanted to do a bigger car preview. Uh, but no prices, but I'm sure there are a couple of horses that you can point uh, listeners and viewers out to over the course of the weekend over in Ireland. Yeah, I've done my best. I'll probably concentrate on Saturday. Uh, Sunday I'll deal with that. I'm um, at a few today. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a couple of nice races. The Marlborough Hill is, is a really good heat for the two-year-olds. A lot of them just had the one run, so difficult to line them all up. Uh, but I've been very impressed with a couple. Uh, not Shane Magnifica, um, Magica, sorry. Wouldn't very impressively caught first time out. Clocked a big number for the Paddy Turby stable. Um, we due to run, I think, a few weeks ago, but the rain came and that rather um, dissuaded connections uh, to roll the dice that day. But I think they're going to get the conditions this weekend. I think he might be the one in that race there, although he's up against some good horses there. Uh, Buccaneer of Fuarte was impressive first time out. Also got buy-in, buy-in. He's a nice horse. And, I know Brian's got um, several to choose from, including course and distance and a democracy and His Majesty, who I think will improve markedly from stepping up to five to six. But I'd go with uh, Notche Majika. Uh, in the Greenland Stakes, um, keep an eye on uh, Garrus from the uh, Charlie Hill stable. If he goes over, he was very good last time out. Of course, when he beat Creative Force, uh, the ill-fated Creative Force, I should say, at Newmarket first time out, I think that form stands out. Um, in the 305, uh, Paddy Toomey's got another horse here called Final Gesture. She was very impressive last time out. Garen clocking a big number uh, when she beat a field uh, of decent fillies by at least four lengths or upwards. Um, I don't think that's a particularly strong listed race there in the 305, so I think she'll probably win that. Um, interesting hand, couple of handicaps later on. Um, most notably, the premier handicap at 450. I'll just mention a couple here. Velna was very strongly fancied for the Paddy Toomey stable first time out at Garen. He didn't quite live up to re his reputation that day. I think he was sent off nine to four favourite. Um, but he looked as though he needed the run. He's got a really good time figure next to his name over today's course and distance um, there last season. So with that in mind, with, it, with him having a run under his belt, um, he could be very, very interesting in that particular race. And we've also got a horse called Vega Magnifico in there as well. Not sure which one of these two will run, but if they both run, then maybe a split stakes strategy might be the order of the day because he caught the eye first time out in a good race at Limerick when he was doing all his best work at the end at the late work at the end uh, and I think he'll appreciate stepping back up in trip of course that race the other day was a mile all his best form last season was a mile and a quarter so two good um, advices there hopefully in that uh, 450 Vega Magnifico and Velna Great stuff there you go get your get your pen out and prices are out on uh, probably Friday and go through that last section. I'm sure a couple of nuggets in there from Andy. Um, thanks very much, Andy, as ever, for sharing your tips and insight with us. Have a great weekend. Thank you guys for watching. Do make sure you download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, uh, bookie offers, free bets, and Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning ahead of racing. And do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find plenty more Odds Checker betting shows as we go throughout the summer. Uh, many thanks. Enjoy the racing, both sides of the Irish Sea. We'll be back very, very soon to preview more weekend racing. But please do ensure in the meantime that you gamble responsibly.